During a time of darkness and corruption in ancient Israel, Hannah prophesied of the colossal hope in King David's throne. This was long before David was even born. Learn how the hope of David's throne transformed Israel and how it can transform your life as well. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Shiloh is a city just about 30 miles north of Jerusalem. And Hannah was a prophetess, and she prophesied from Shiloh many years ago. And it was a period of the end of the Judges, the bloodiest book in the Bible, and so they were living in disastrous times. And she was giving them some something they had not had in many, many years. They were corrupt. God had chosen Eli to be his priest, but he allowed his two sons to begin to be sons of the devil, according to the Scriptures. And so Israel was unusually corrupt, and terrible things were happening in that nation. Hannah dedicated Samuel to God. He, as a young man, began to serve God in his teens. He and his mom changed the course of history in Israel. There was really a terrific resurgence of revelation and understanding and doing God's work like there had not been for many years. Here is something I wrote some time ago, and listen to this. Hannah was prophesying about David and the throne of David, yet David hadn't even come on the scene. In other words, he wasn't even born. But notice, Hannah was prophesying about David and the throne of David before he was even born. Now, there is a lot of depth in that, what that revelation that God gave this woman, this prophetess. And she really was doing her part in turning around the history of Israel. It can be done if we go to God the way she did. You can change your whole life, and you can help change nations. That is what God tells us. I want to talk to you about, she saw just colossal hope in David's throne. Colossal hope. And so, I'll talk to you about that today, but when she prophesied, she went on past Saul. She didn't even consider him (laughs) and uh, looked to David. And they had faithful priests, and even she even projected down into this end time that there would be sons of a very the most faithful priest of all, Zadok. Before even the beginning of David, and even to the very end and beyond, he was loyal to David always. All of David's life, he was loyal to him. So Samuel, the son of Hannah, was able to anoint him, anoint David, to become king, but then he had to wait 17 years to be coronated 
In a lot of those seventeen years, he was running for his very life because Saul was trying to kill him. It was that bad. And Anna knew all about even the seven last eras of the New Testament church. Many things like that that are quite quite amazing. That how much this lady understood. God was revealing some very important information to her. You can see that in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 1. And this is mainly, mainly for prophecy for today. Remember, Judges and Samuel, <laughs> these books are in the form of prophets, and they are primarily for this end time. And we prove that to you in my book on the former prophets. So, the young people today ought to realize and study what these two teenagers did, Samuel and King David, before he became king. He also was a teenager and killed a lion and a bear and, and slew Goliath in faith. He had that kind of faith. And he, he knew that God was with him. Samuel had raised up three colleges for God. They were God's colleges, and he was changing the education of all of Israel that would follow him, and many of them did. Let's go to Genesis 49 and verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons, and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Now, this is the first book of the Bible. And he's giving you history and prophecy for the last days. That is very common in many Old Testament books. Verse 10 says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. This is really just a type of the Messiah. A lot of good things happen in Shiloh. And so, God sort of emphasizes that. He's referring to the Messiah when he talks about Shiloh here, the only place in the Bible where it happens. He concludes, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So this is going to end with the Messiah's rule of this earth. And it's telling you that in the first book of the Bible. It's all to happen in the last days. The times we're living in right now. If you look at the second part of that promise there in Genesis 49, verse 10, it says, And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. In other words, uh, this is giving the first fruits rule over the whole world as they sit on the throne of David with Jesus Christ himself or the Messiah. So here's uh, some special history about the Messiah, and there's a scepter, and it won't depart from Judah. It'll be with them always, and they will be the ones ruling on David's throne throughout the history from David on down to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We know that David's throne is on this earth and has been since David all the way down to now 
and on into the coming of the Messiah. So, what does that mean for all of us? Well, it means God is talking about this this scepter promise here is going to give an opportunity for every person who has ever lived to know God. Many of them are going to be resurrected, most of them. So we have to keep that in mind. This is all in the last days, and there is a lawgiver along with the scepter and it's all for this end time. So that means a change in David's throne. It means if you have a lawgiver with the scepter, then you have that throne in God's own church, the last era of God's church. It has to mean that. It could mean nothing else, and you, if you write for our literature, you can see that very clearly. A scepter and a lawgiver together in this end time. That is unique in God's church. The only time that uh, in the New Testament church where the scepter and the lawgiver have been together, and that is the last era of God's church. So that's critical understanding for us. So here, if you look at Shiloh, God appeared there two times. <laughs> And there, so a lot happened at Shiloh, and you can see why God would refer to Shiloh when He's talking about the Messiah, because so many miraculous events occurred there. God showed Himself, a slither of Himself anyhow, to Samuel twice. I have done four television programs there, and I think I was more moved and stirred there than any time I ever did a program over in the cities of Judah and around in that area. I was really moved just knowing about this past history right there where I was standing, really, in the destruction of Shiloh. And you could see the stones around and even evidence of that destruction. It has uh, quite a, a lesson to teach us today. In Acts 13 and verse 20, it speaks of Samuel marking the end of 450 years of the judges. And that was, a, again, such a terrible, terrible time. As I said before, the bloodiest book in the Bible. And everybody was doing that which was right in their own eyes, judges. 21 and verse 25. And that's also prophecy for today. You see, if you look at especially three nations of Israel, and we'll tell you more about that in our literature we offer you, but if you understand that, you see that God is preparing us to rule on David's throne with Christ Himself. Now, that's where this is all heading. 450 years, this passage talks about raising up King David, and that is what is going to happen very soon. But David was on the run much of his life before he was coronated to sit on a throne. And also in Acts 3, verses 20 and 21 and 24, it says this, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel 
and those that follow after as many as have spoken have likewise foretold of these days. Now, this is telling you, even in the New Testament, about the history of Samuel and how everything was being changed, and there was this great resurgence of righteousness and obedience to God that they hadn't had for、uh, much of that 450 years. Now,、uh, the Apostle Peter is talking about that, and we've got a map there on the.、Uh, Screen, you can see and understand exactly、uh, where this is all happening. So, where、uh, can we find so much new revelation today? Where can we find new revelation like Hannah had? Well, God has given a lot of it to us in the sixth era and now the seventh era of God's true church. It has, it is. A gift from God. If we understand the Bible, it's a gift from God. He has to reveal it to us. And He has to reveal His truth to the leader He has, and then that's passed on to all of the people and the entire world where God says we have to declare this wonderful truth to the world. And let them see that he's about to usher in the wonderful world tomorrow. Look at this world. It is becoming more frightening every day. And where is it leading? Well, there are going to be some rough times, but it's leading directly into the coming of the Messiah. And that's the best news we could hear. It says here about David in Acts 13, verse 22, that he was a man after God's own heart. He wanted to fulfill all of God's will, he wanted to fulfill every bit of it. And that's the attitude we all need. And that's why God is teaching this to us. And it's a. It's something that is the opposite of what human beings want to do if they are led by their human nature. So Samuel had anointed David, and David was running from Saul. And in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13, I'll read that to you. And when the days be fulfilled, and you shall sleep with your fathers, God is talking to David. I will set up your seed after you, which shall proceed out of your bowels. That'd be Solomon. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, the most beautiful house ever built. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, here God is saying he's establishing David's throne forever. Is that not good news? Well, this is the best news we could hear. And it's all directed by God the Father, and, and Jesus Christ is subject to his Father and, and totally obedient to him. And he sets that example for all of us. Well, you see, 
you need to understand the former prophets. They are Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, and that's all explained in the former prophets. But these are primarily for this end time, not for that time anciently. They only had the history there, really, but that history is prophecy for us today, and you can prove that to yourself. Notice Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David." This throne of David is going to be on the earth forever. You're just about to see all of the corruption and evil and sins of this world are going to be gone forever except for a brief time at the end of the millennium where God will uh, totally clear things out uh, spiritually and resurrect billions of people who never knew God. And they will get to know God if they want to, and surely most of them will. Notice 1 Samuel 2 and verse 35. Now this is the closing of the dark days of Eli, this corrupt priest and his two sons. Here's what it says, and, and I will raise me up a faithful priest. Oh, Eli was not a faithful priest. So he says, I'm going to raise you up a faithful priest, and I'll build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. Now, this is talking about Zadok the priest. And he was loyal to David's throne from the beginning to the end. He was loyal always. And that's what God wants us to have, loyalty to that throne from the beginning to the end. The sons of Zadok in this end time are doing exactly that. They're carrying on this tradition. This uh, Zadok the priest is a great message in itself. These were men that at the time they, the Israel did not have the Holy Spirit, and these men were fit for battle. And I mean, they did the uh, bloodiest kind of battle you can imagine. But today, it's a spiritual battle, and Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, "...fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life." God says, you see, if you're going to follow this throne of David and be loyal to it, you're going to have to fight, because Satan is always trying to destroy it. He is the God of this world, but he's about to be kicked off his throne. Notice Ezekiel 44, verses 15 and 16. Here's what it says, "...but the priests of the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary, when the children of Israel went astray from me." Now, this is an end-time prophecy. It's all for the end time here. And Israel, this is spiritual Israel, went astray from Him. The other nations of Israel have not been turning to God and following God in this end time. He's talking about 95% of His own church fell away. 
and forsook God. It goes on to say, And they shall come near to me to minister unto me. They shall enter into my sanctuary, and they shall come near to my table to minister unto me, and they shall keep my charge. That's Ezekiel 44, verses 15 and 16. Just think about all the trauma that David had to go through. And Zadok was loyal to him, even when he committed some atrocious sins, because Zadok was not following David, he was following God. But he knew God had not rejected David when he sinned. And he kept looking to God, and that's what God wants us to do today. But look at the breathtaking rewards that God gives these end-time sons of Zadok, which was only history in the past. But there's a spiritual sons of Zadok, this 5% of God's people who were loyal to David's throne always. Now that is going to bring you a breathtaking reward like there never has been on this earth or never will be again. Never will be again. Ezekiel 40 and verse 46 talks about the sons of Zadok among the sons of Levi, which come near to the Lord to minister unto Him. That's in the world tomorrow. They're going to help Christ rule the world. They're going to sit on David's throne with Jesus Christ Himself. Imagine that! The first fruits, those that have come out and get God's message out to the world before Christ returns, are the first fruits that are going to be sitting on David's throne with Jesus Christ Himself forever over this whole earth and then the whole universe as the bride of Jesus Christ. Now that's just about overwhelming. <laughs> that is amazing what God is going to give us to do and help us in, in so many ways when He thunders out of heaven and takes over the rule of this earth. And we are very close to that, just a few short years. And it's, you can see all these things that are happening that are so frightening today are going to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now that, you see, makes uh, David's throne just a colossal hope for all of us. There's no, there is this great, great future we have, and we need to keep that in mind always. O Zion, that bring good tidings, get you up into the high mountains. O Jerusalem, that bring good tidings, lift up your voice. With strength lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Now the Hebrew says, O you that tell good tidings to Zion and Jerusalem. And Zion being that spiritual church that has turned away from David's throne. So you can go on and to say, look, uh, God says all the nations are just a drop in a bucket to God, that He is that powerful. There are just as nothing before God. And if you put your life in His hands, He's going to give you everything that's good for you. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. 
Request The New Throne of David and The Prophet Samuel in Shiloh. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.